Welcome to Exchanges at TicketBud. Today we have Deidre Sibila, um, Director of Ticketing at 3CAN. And today we're talking about behind the scenes stories and best practice and advice from event professionals. Uh, uh, myself, Kehan Amani, CEO of TicketBud, as well as Sean Burke. Hi, how's it going, guys? <clears throat> and we have with us today Deidre. Hello. So, Deidre, you've built your career in the ticketing and events industry. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your career, where you started out, and what attracted you to this career path? Sure. Uh, well, I am a musician since I've been probably six years old. I played the oboe and the clarinet, and so I went to college and knew I wanted to do something in music, but I didn't want to perform because I wanted to play because I want to, not because mm-hmm. I had to get a paycheck. So I did the next best thing and doubled in music and business in college and got a music management degree, actually arts management uh, with the music emphasis just from my background. And I went to school in Ohio. I'm from Cleveland, Sioux town. And uh, I had an internship at a 1,000 seat capacity venue in downtown Cleveland in the flats called the Odeon, super rad place. It's not there anymore. I think it is, but they changed it. it was a great venue because we saw a lot of bands on the way up and saw a lot of bands on the way down. Like Coldplay played there. Uh, we had Metallica, Nine Inch Nails, everybody. Marin 5. I remember we had a bomb threat that day. Like, So it was great. <laughs> it was good because you had a lot of bands that came through that venue and then some other bands, you know, as they weren't doing so, so well or later in their career, not necessarily not doing so well, but... Anyway, so I got into the box office there and just kept down that slippery slope of ticketing and worked at the amphitheater across the river in Cleveland, which is about a five to 6,000 capacity amphitheater. And then from Cleveland, I moved to Phoenix and was the box office manager at the amphitheater in Phoenix with 22,000 seat amphitheater outside. And then from there, I went to Los Angeles and was there for seven years as the Senior National Director of Ticketing for Live Nation Touring. So I was responsible for all the ticketing for any tour in North America. So if Jay-Z went out on tour, I worked with them and the artist and with the management company, coordinated all the ticketing with all the different arenas rather than Jay's people going to 50 different places. They came to me. I went to 50 different places, went back. So that was great. And then from there, I left Live Nation in 2013 and came to Austin to work with C3 Presents to do festivals, which is Lollapalooza in both North and South America. It's in Chile. Argentina and Brazil and Chicago. Now they have a couple other markets, Austin City Limits, um, the NFL Draft, partnering with the NFL. Um, And so recently left C3 to do some freelance independent contract work, which landed me this opportunity with TicketBud and with Three Can Events and the Austin Trail of Lights. Very cool. Very cool. So when an organization organization hires you or contracts with you, what are they getting? What are you bringing to the table in terms of expertise that sets you apart from from anyone else? Uh, Well, aside from my wit and personality. (laughs) Lovely personality. Um, so I, I like to provide a couple different things. I think ticketing gives us a unique opportunity 
to work with a lot of variety of events. I'm a huge production nerd. That's why I loved working on the tours and with Live Nation is primarily focused on arenas and stadiums with the production and like a different stage configuration. And that's what led me to the festivals and these other special events because I like the variety and getting into some of that technical production. Um, so that's an area of expertise. You can work well with the production team on gate operations, setting up your fence, you're selling this many tickets, so I need a tent this big. Then that means you need this many tables and this many chairs. So using some deductive reasoning and just special event planning in general, no matter what the event is. It could be anything from a conference to a festival to you know, a bake sale. You still need some of those general event setup requirements. So that, um, also working with the ticketing provider on building the events, I have a lot of extensive knowledge on a lot variety of ticketing softwares. I'm really glad I got the opportunity to work with TicketBud because that wasn't one in my mm-hmm. wheelhouse, but it is now. Shout out. Yeah. Um, so then the customer facing portion, uh, making sure that it's easy for guests to purchase tickets, assisting with customer service questions, working with marketing on making sure the FAQs are in place on the website, any brand messaging is consistent to what's on the website, sponsorship, helping with any sponsorship contractual obligations or media partner obligations, um, as well as those all-important VIP and industry guests. So, uh, I mean, you know, I do marketing, so especially when it comes to, like, you know, those large-term events, um, how do you help drive growth every year and what do you think about growth and also like helping to drive it? Like how do you work with like marketing and these other departments as a ticketing professional? Sure. Uh, I think it's a combination of your organization and also the ticketing provider. Cause if you'll get natural growth and word of mouth, if it's easy, mm-hmm. if someone's like, this was such a hassle to purchase a ticket, I was confused. I didn't know what I was doing. That could hinder your growth Mm -hmm. but if it's an easy process oh i went to trail of lights i went to this i went to that it was so great bought a ticket bought a boom bada bing it was Mm -hmm. great had a good time at the event it really starts from that first click on your website or the first time that somebody is going to purchase a ticket to when they walk out of your venue that night so just creating that experience the whole way and working with marketing like i said on the brand messaging that it's easy and um your gate operations are easy working with security you know someone's standing in line forever how did you you know help that so just making sure it's an overall successful experience for the guest will be some organic growth mm-hmm. and with the trends of the industry and having the right product and something unique for your market and it's a combination team effort <laughs> so as a professional, you have a long history dealing with these large-scale event, large events. We're talking about attendance in hundreds of thousands. So how do your skills or how do your bag of tools scale to handle such large volumes? I don't know. You've stumped me. It's got gotcha, it's gotcha journalism. <laughs> gotcha journalism. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I just, do, <clears throat> honestly, I treat... You know, like I, I treat all the events the same. It could be mm-hmm. anything from a hundred people to a hundred thousand. I think yep. if you have those same principles and fundamentals, and some operational policies in place, and give every event your all and the care, mm-hmm. that comes out organically depending on what the capacity is. Um, and if the planning is right in advance, then it all it doesn't matter how many people are mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Nice. 
Interesting. Um, so in terms of, you know, planning in advance, um, in addition to, you know, helping drive growth over year over year, what do you think, like, what are your main initiatives if you're doing, you know, events year over year? Uh, what are like your main initiatives? What do you look at? And then furthermore, how do you implement like those improvements for ticketing year over year? Sure. I think looking at some of the data and the metrics that are presented year over year with the ticketing reports provided, um, sales trends, when are people buying? Are they buying right away? Are they waiting? Also in that middle, that sales trough period where you have a little bit of a lull. If it you do well when you first announce and you go on sale and you do well as you ramp up, what can you do in the meantime to keep interest? I think that's a great way that social media comes into play and continues with some fan engagement, running special promotions, random VIP upgrades, and get the fans talking about it. So that's a good way to create some growth is a little bit of self-promotion from the fans' perspective because they're excited to come to your event and they're the best marketers that you have. Um, So that's a way looking at the data, ticket price analyzation, did we see any price resistance, Factoring in your out-the-door costs when you have service charges, fulfillment fees. Also, the fulfillment experience comes into it as well, back to what you asked about the Mm -hmm. overall, you know, just general customer service. Um, Yeah. Cool. So as you prepare for a major event, I'm sure your priorities change as the event gets closer and closer. What are you thinking 90, 60, 30 days out from your event? What changes? Well, my lack of sleep doesn't change. <laughs> so I'm a big worry wart. I, I, I want it all to be top to bottom mm-hmm. the first day you go on sale. Um, I think as a ticketing professional, your focus shifts a little bit from the administrative side to the operational side as you get closer. It's, a, it's a definitely an ebb and flow, and that's part of what attracts me to the position is that there is no day that is the same and no day that's predictable. Um, I think I'm still working off of a checklist from like 1998 of things to Mm. do today that you just never get to because it changes every day. So planning for the on sale, again, working with your respective departments on messaging, making sure Mm. your ticket header has the right date on it, you know, things of that nature. So you get into that intense system level before you go on sale with all of the event building and coordinating with your ticketing provider. Then once you're on sale, you crack a beer. And then when you finish that, you go into just the on sale maintenance. Depending if your event sells out or not, you could could kind of tailor what your activities are. Mm -hmm. Um, But then as you get close, again, keeping that social integration, working on any fulfillment opportunities, Staffing comes into it, making sure your staff is adequately prepared, trained, right amount of people for the event, shifting into those more operations, ordering your tents and windows and ticket stock and you know all those fun things. So the night before, what are you thinking about? What's keeping you awake the, the day before the gate opens? Any, any real stories or experiences you'd like to share? Oh, man. Honestly, the night before, I... Uh, I usually feel great because you've done what you should. You're like, let's do this. Let's do it. Do the damn thing. Um, What about 30 minutes before start time? I have the tiger. Yeah. I was going to (laughs) say, I was going to say, we were going to ask you if you had any pre-show traditions, but you kind of spoil it. You said you you, you crack a beer beforehand. 
No, that's when you're on sale. Oh, okay. Like, Hallelujah. Um, I like listening to the Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> that's a, you know, that's a good one. That's probably the best. I always said that, uh, you know, Rocky Four is the best parable for the Cold War. <laughs> no, it's good. It's uh, exciting. Um, you know, in uh, pre-show meetings with your staff, security, make sure everybody's ready to go. And if you, like I said, if you've done all of your legwork, then you're, it's more excitement than nervous. You're, you're excited to have people come to the show and see what you've been working on. So you talked about your bag of tools, specifically uh, trying to get sponsors involved. And this is, uh, can be a, a big pain point for event organizers, especially new event organizers. Um, what difficulties do you encounter or can you help resolve when getting sponsors involved? Oh man, am I allowed to say this? Well, you don't have to name names. But I, mean, <laughs> I mean, just like anything, just like in general about like trying to get sponsors, like are there any tips that you suggest when trying to get a sponsor? Well, I don't get the sponsors. I leave that to the sponsorship people that are the most important people mm -hmm. on earth. So <laughs> we all we couldn't do some of the things without sponsors. Yeah. I think part of the challenge is um, maintaining the expectations of mm -hmm. what has been communicated to outside parties and what, what you can actually do. Yeah, that makes sense. And working on finding that sweet spot that helps fulfill those promises and is a great partnership for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, what advice, you know, again, a lot of our listeners are, you know, newer to the event industry. Um, do you have any advice for people out there who really want to start out in the event industry, you know, start doing what you do? Sure. Um, you have to like to get yelled at by <laughs> guests and we joked about this at lunch, but you like to just kind of be a behind the scenes player because it's definitely a thankless position. Mm -hmm. And I think... I'm modest, and my family always says, oh, you're so modest. Like, it, it's, they think it's really cool, and you're like, I'm just doing my thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't really think of it that way. If you're here to get all the glitz and glamour, then be a booker, because you're not going to do it being a ticketer. Um, we are the lifeline of events and the organization, and it's cool. It's a little bit of a silent partner. Um, we're always last to the table, but we all know what we put forth in it. So it's a little bit of a unspoken cult, I think. Mm -hmm. So for these big annual uh, events, how soon after the event ends do you start planning for the next year? Uh, I thought you were going to say, do you start drinking? Ball <laughs> <laughs> fireball on hand, all times. Um, a lot of people like to strike while the iron's hot. You've had a fantastic experience. You're coming off a high. You, had a, you saw your favorite band. You had a great time with your friends. You flew in with your family or whatever the case may be for some of the larger events that are more annual. I, I think it could be anywhere from the next week mm -hmm. to say the next month uh, for tours. It's a little different because that's, you know, more on a cycle. You know, you can't put something on sale right away because now they're going to Europe or the artist is pregnant or so, you know, something is changing. Um, the only exception I will say to that is One Direction one year when they first came on the scene and we did like a 50 date North American tour and went on sale on Friday, blew out immediately. That was for 2014. And we were on sale with 2015 by the following Friday. Wow. Um, so that was definitely an exception in terms of a tour where I've mm -hmm. done that. But with festivals or other events, it's it's immediate. 
So those one D girls. Oh yeah. Um, you know, one other thing that we were sort of like discussing earlier, um, you know, especially in regards to like the, you know, gun laws and bathroom laws, if you want to elaborate more on that, just kind of like the new challenges for ticketing that maybe you haven't seen in years past, but now are like very important now nowadays, things you really have to be cognizant of, like as you plan and do ticketing events for like, you know, 2017 and beyond. Yeah, definitely. I think that ticketing is evolved so much you're not just like some crabby lady behind a glass window anymore just selling tickets and pulling a shade down that says sold out you are the face of the event you are at the heart of the venue whether it's a field or a festival or a theater museum anything people are coming through your front door first and so you're the face of the event so you have to be prepared in today's climate sad but to deal with issues. If you see someone looking suspicious outside of your venue, what is your plan to thwart that activity? Um, Gun laws, especially here in Texas, is something that's new to me and something that I have been more cognizant of. You know, we have an open carry policy, but you can't bring it to our events. How do you work with your security team, with your guest services and crowd control and your staff to help explain that to somebody that has a gun so that they don't get mad and pull it out and pop it off? You know, mm-hmm. that's extreme, obviously, but it's something that we have to think about. So it's related to ticketing because it's a customer service area and as ticketing professionals we deal a lot of what we do is customer service a lot of it's excel and numbers and analytics but it's a lot of customer facing as well so developing policies with your event organizers and your security and your staff on how to handle situations that Uh come up in today's climate and with the social media and facebook live and things like that like how do you work on keeping that those bad things off or conversely using it to your advantage like the active shooter situation in Ohio State last year they used Facebook to help make students aware of what was happening can you use that with your event organizers so they can notify the rest of the guests if you're at the main stage you might not know something is going on at the main entrance but if it gets real you could know you know and we have to take some serious action Mm -hmm. What are, your, what are your parting words of wisdom for us? Parting words of wisdom? It's a great industry. I love being a ticketing professional. I've made friends all over the country through it. You get to work with a lot of ticketing software. You, Like I said earlier, you are the hub of the organization, and that's cool. So you inherently learn marketing elements and sponsorship pieces, the production that I mentioned, operations. So it's a super cool and unique position to be in, and the sky's the limit. You can get hooked up with an artist. You can do a festival. You can be at a ticket provider or you could be down with the ticket bud or I mean you, you can you can do anything and and it's not just typing a command and spitting out a ticket anymore you're in the technology space with digital ticketing and dynamic pricing and a lot of different trends that are in the industry and so it's I think a lot more of an elaborate field than people realize was that wisdom I'd say it's definitely. <laughs> I'd say it's not. Thank you very much, Deidre. Thank, yeah, you. thank you, Deidre. Happy ticketing.